How much does your book cost? Your answer to this question is critical to the success of both this book and your career as an author. But when it comes to pricing, a lot of authors just copy the other authors around them. They're like a chicken, just following all the other chickens in one big herd as all the chickens are following each other. I don't want you to be a chicken. I want you to make informed pricing decisions to understand the why behind the price of the book. That's right. It's time for another Marketing 101 episode, this time about price, the second P of the five P's of marketing. Don't forget the five P's are product, price, place, promotion, and purple cow. Next to your book cover on the shelf is the price. Next to your title on Amazon is the price. How expensive your book is says a lot about your book, and it's easy to overlook. And when you do, you can really hurt your sales and potentially your reputation with readers. So I hear you saying, shouldn't I just be the cheapest option? Well, not necessarily. Seth Godin says, the problem with a race to the bottom is that you just might win. But there are times when lowering your price can be a good idea. In fact, there are authors who've made fortunes off of free books. On the other hand, Braden Sanderson made millions with a $200 book. And so there's a lot of room for pricing strategy. So you may be asking, what is the best price for my book? But that's actually the wrong question. The question you should be asking is, what are the best prices for my book? You see, your book doesn't just have one price. There's different formats, and those have different prices. And the price changes over time, or it really should change over time. You don't want to commit to just one price forever. Once you understand pricing strategy, you can maximize both the reach of your book and the money you can make off of it. And the more money that you make with your book, the more money you have to promote your book so that you can reach even more people. So yes, even if you're not concerned about making money with your book, you still need to pay attention to price. In this episode, you're going to learn how to think about price as a marketer and learn 14 different pricing strategies that authors can use to supercharge sales and profits. Knowing which one is best for you is key to success. So what are those 14 strategies? Well, find out in this episode of Novel Marketing, the longest running book marketing podcast in the world. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr., CEO of AuthorMedia.com, and this is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and make a living writing books worth talking about. And I should point out that typically the publisher controls the price of a book. Indie authors have direct control over the price of their book, while traditional authors have to ask their publishers to implement a pricing strategy. But if you're traditionally published, you're not off the hook. If you make a good case for your pricing strategy and include a link to this episode in your email to your publisher about why the price should change, it's very likely that they will listen to you. And the better you make your case, the more likely they are to listen. Now, there is an optimum price for each book, or at least there's optimum prices for each format of your book. And this is going back to basic economics. So let me explain price theory here in about one minute. As you raise the price of a product, you make more money for that product, but the demand goes down. Fewer people will buy that product. And as you lower the price of a product, you sell more copies of that product, but you also make less per copy. If you chart this relationship on a graph, it looks like a curve, and it's such a common concept 
in business that there are cheesy stock photos for the domain curve. In fact, I'll include one in the show notes at authormedia.com slash 392. In my experience, indie authors often underprice their books by between two and three dollars per copy. Uh, The equilibrium price, this is that optimum where you're making the maximum number of dollars and reaching the maximum number of people, is often a lot higher than you might think, especially if you have an already established readership. Remember, James Patterson's ebooks are $14.99. Compared to that, your $9.99 book is a bargain. Yet many authors think they can make more money at $4.99 or even $2.99, and that's often a mistake. You have to sell a lot more copies of your book to make up for that loss in revenue. And so my first tip is if you're independently published, experiment with raising your prices. You may be surprised that it has little to no impact on the number of units you sell, but a massive impact on the amount of money you're making per book, which can potentially open up more marketing opportunities to you like advertising. It's hard to advertise a book if you're not making very much money on each copy sold. Now, another thing I should point out is while the publisher influences the price, the publisher doesn't control the price. So who controls the price of a book? Well, it's complicated. So the first thing is that Amazon sets the bounds for pricing expectations and profitability, especially for ebooks. So Amazon KDP offers a 70% royalty for ebooks priced between $299 and $999. If your book is priced either below $299 or above $999, your royalty is cut in half. So you're only getting 35% royalty, which is why you never see an ebook for $10.99 because the publisher is actually making less money at that higher price due to the drop in the royalty. So from a royalty perspective, your ebook's optimum price is almost always between $299 and $999 on Amazon. So that's Amazon ebooks specifically. Now for paper books, the publisher sets the suggested price. They can't always mandate prices, and this depends on how the book is sold, whether it's sold under the wholesale model or the agency model. So I realize I'm explaining a bunch of kind of like the nitty gritty of how publishing works, but hopefully this is helpful. The wholesale model is how you probably assume paper books are sold. This is where there's a wholesale discount that the publisher sells the book to the retailer. The retailer buys the book and then the retailer can sell the book at whatever price the retailer wants. They want to sell it at a premium. They can, if they want to lose money, they can. And you as the publisher or the author don't really care what price the retailer is selling the book at because you get paid the wholesale price regardless of what price they present to the reader. The other way the books are sold is under the agency model. This is where the publisher sets the retail price and the retailers act as agents who sell the book on behalf of the publisher. And retailers get a commission for each sale and the publisher controls the price. In practice, if you're indie published, you have full control over the price of your ebook. So the ebooks follow that agency model while you have partial control over the paperback price of your book. So the KDP extended distribution is closer to the wholesale model. Now, The publisher can suggest the price, the retailer sets the price, but ultimately it's the reader that determines if the price fits. If a book looks too cheap or too expensive, a reader will pass on that book. Yes, books can look too cheap, 
to be worth it. The reader's buying decision is like a vote influencing the demand curve we talked about earlier. So knowing who your Timothy is, is key to setting the ideal price. Brandon Sanderson's million dollar idea was realizing that one of the Timothys interested in his book really wanted a premium option and was not being well served with the current options available from his publisher. I do want to talk a little bit about inflation because this is important and it also affects pricing. So the most important thing to understand about inflation is that it compounds exponentially. So if you have 5% inflation one year and 5% inflation the next year, the total inflation for the two years is not 10%. It's 11% because the math compounds. The math behind inflation is the same math behind compound interest. So the inflation rate from 2019 to 2023 is 19.57%. This means that selling an ebook for $4.99 in 2019 is the same as selling an ebook for $5.97 in 2023. So if you raised your price by $1 in the last four years, you didn't raise your price by $1, you raised your price by two pennies. <laughs> And if you didn't raise your price by $1, you're really taking a 98-cent pay cut on each copy of your book. And authors who don't understand inflation often struggle to pay the bills, especially if they're following old advice. So if you started writing in 2018 or 2019 and somebody said, $3.99, that's the price you need to stick with, that may have been a good price back then. But now you need to add a dollar or two to that just to be the same as what it was back then. It's very important that the price works for you. Most authors just follow the crowd. And I don't want that for you. I don't want you to be a chicken who's just copying all the other chickens. I want you to make informed decisions about your price. And when you set the price, I want you to feel confident that this is a good price and to understand why your price is different and why having a different price is okay. You want to make an informed decision and you want to be able to back up the why behind your pricing. And your readers, the ones who want you to succeed, will follow you, especially if you offer your book at multiple price points giving them the choice how much they want to support you for. Because ultimately, your work is worthy of getting compensated. Your book is valuable. if It's a good book. <laughs> and you deserve to get paid for your hard work. So with all of that preamble out of the way, let's talk about 14 pricing strategies authors can use to supercharge sales. Now, I'm going to go over these pretty quickly. And some of them I have whole episodes on. <laughs> and I should also point out, you're not going to use all of these, especially not all at the same time. So don't worry. If I share a strategy with you and you do not like that strategy, don't worry. You don't have to use that strategy. <laughs> these are all suggestions to help you make better informed decisions and have a better conversation with your publisher. If your publisher realizes that you're savvy, that you understand what you're talking about, and that you're fluent in the language of business and the language of marketing, your publisher is much more likely to listen to you because most publishers are used to ignoring most of what they get from authors because they assume that the author doesn't know what they're talking about. And often the publisher is right, but we don't want the publisher to be right for you. We want you to know what you're talking about. So the first strategy is price anchoring. This is a classic fundamental price strategy. So people anchor to a price and they compare other prices to that price. So all numbers are relative. Is 500 a big number or a little number? <laughs> I was actually having a conversation with my daughter. She just turned five years old a couple of days ago. And I told all of the kids, okay, 
it's time to go down for naps in five minutes. And she said, five minutes isn't very much. And I said, well, I know somebody who turned five years old and she's a big girl. And she said, well, but it's not a very many number for minutes. <laughs> and uh, numbers, all numbers are the same way. And just like a toddler negotiating for more time before naps, you want to anchor your price. Now, there's a couple of ways to do this. I have an entire episode on anchoring. You'll notice that Amazon does this by default. So they almost always sell books at a discount from the MSRP. So when you set a suggested price for a book, just realize that Amazon is going to discount from that suggested price. And so it's another reason to raise that MSRP because the publishers will want something to pull down from to make that book look like a bargain. My episode about anchoring and how to use it is called How to Price Your Book Using Marketing Psychology. It's a very fascinating episode. The second strategy is reverse coupons. This is when you announce a future price increase ahead of time to create urgency to buy the book now. This is a really effective method, and I feel like it's a golden rule method, right? We all would love for companies to tell us before they raise their prices that they're going to raise their prices. In fact, I feel like if there's three gas stations on a corner of an intersection and one of those gas stations shows tomorrow's price, that gas station's going to get more business <laughs> because people see, oh no, the price is going up tomorrow. They're going to buy today. And I have a whole episode on reverse coupons. You can find it. The title of that episode is Why Many People Are Afraid to Buy Books. And I will say reverse coupons is what I'm doing right now for the Novel Marketing Conference. So as I record this, the Kickstarter for the Novel Marketing Conference has concluded. We successfully funded. The conference is officially going to happen. And the people who backed that Kickstarter got an exclusive discount, a low price that is now not available. So now there's an early bird price, which is higher than the Kickstarter price, but lower than the main ticket price is going to be starting in December. And then in January, we're going to have a very high door price because one, that acts as a high anchor. So people will see the door price and all the other prices will look cheaper, but two, for planning purposes, I need to know how many people are going to be at the conference. So I don't want a lot of people showing up at the last minute. But if somebody does show up at the last minute and is willing to pay a premium, we'll sell them a ticket if we have any left. The third strategy is discounts or price pulsing. This is the classic strategy and probably what you thought I was going to start with when talking about pricing strategy, right? You see this all the time. Your grocery store will put products on sale, offer coupons. In the publishing world, we call this price pulsing, which is where for a limited time, you reduce the price of your book and often team up with companies like BookBub or eReader News Today to spread the word about this special discount. And often you get a spike in sales. That's why we call it a pulse, because your sales will go through the roof for a short period of time and then back down to normal after a while. And I have an entire episode on price pulsing titled How to Use Price Pulsing to Supercharge Your Backlist Sales. Strategy number four is bundling. If you have multiple books, you can offer them at a discount when purchased together. Joanna Penn and I just talked about this on an episode just a few weeks ago. Uh, this not only increases sales volume, but it also increases the value proposition for the reader. You can do this online with an ebook bundle, which is a popular strategy with indie authors. They'll have a big ebook bundle of five or 10 of their books all together. 
You can do this with a conference special. So if you're speaking at an event or at a conference, you can have a bundle of three or four of your physical books all together as a bundle. If you're doing a Kickstarter for your book, you could bundle the ebook, the paperback, and the audiobook together into a $40 or $50 bundle. This is a very popular reward level for Kickstarter backers. And bundling plays with anchoring in some really interesting ways. And so how it works is they look at the value of the bundles. Let's say you have a bundle of five books and they're normally $9.99 each. So it's a $50 bundle, but you've got it for sale for $25. Well, that's 50% off, right? That's a great deal. And yet $25 is a much larger purchase than somebody would typically make for an ebook. And so it shifts around the anchoring. Although I will say for ebook bundles on Amazon, most authors stay between that $2.99 and $9.99 window in order to get the 70% royalty. The fifth strategy is loss leader or permafree. So sometimes retailers will sell a product at a loss just to get customers in the door in hopes that those customers will buy other higher margin items before they leave. And so grocery stores figured this out a long time ago. People tend to pay attention to the price of milk, bread, and eggs, but they don't pay careful attention to the prices of most of the other things at the store. And so what a lot of grocery stores do is they sell milk, bread, and eggs at a loss or at a barely break-even price. And they scatter the milk, bread, and eggs in three different corners of the store. <laughs> and they do this because since they're losing money on the milk, the bread, and the eggs, they need you to buy other things before you leave. And it's very difficult to go to the store and only buy milk, bread, and eggs. And yes, you can take advantage of this loss leader perma-free strategy as an author. The most common way to do this is to take the first book in your series and make it permanently free. So we're not talking about a price pulse or a free pulse where it's free for a short period of time. This book is always free for everyone for always. And the idea is, is if the book is well enough written, if it ends on a good enough cliffhanger, once people sample that free book, they will then want to go and read the sequel and the next sequel and so on. And I have an entire episode on Permafree titled The Upside and Downside of Free Books. This strategy has gone in and out of fashion, but the psychology behind it has always been solid. But I will say it only works for books that really make readers fall in love with the characters. So they want to know what happens to those characters in the next book. And if you haven't done the work on craft, if you haven't crafted good characters, this strategy won't work for you. Some books don't work well for Permafree. If it's a standalone book, this is probably not the strategy for you. And if it takes you a really long time to write books, giving away one of your books Permafree is probably not a good strategy. So the kind of authors Permafree works best for are the kind of authors who are able to write two or three books a year. So they're not risking much by taking one of those books and making it free. But I will say, when I was a marketing director at a publishing company, I got permission to experiment with Permafree. And in most of the situations when we used it, we saw an, a net overall increase in sales. So by sacrificing sales of book one, we sold more copies of books two and three than we were previously selling of books one, two, and three. So it can be a very effective strategy. The next pricing strategy, number six, is countdown deals. This is an Amazon-only strategy, and it's a feature if you're in KDP Select where you can 
lower the price of your book and it puts a little timer next to it, which leverages urgency, which is a social trigger, uh, part of marketing psychology that we have a whole episode about. And it also leverages anchoring, which we've already talked about by anchoring the current price to the price it's going to reset to. And it also gives you a special place on Amazon that only features countdown deals. So my take on countdown deals is that they're a great thing to experiment with, but I recommend only doing a countdown deal after your book has been out for at least six months and a year is better. This is more of a strategy for older books. Why? Well, that leads us to the next strategy. Strategy number seven, price skimming. So this strategy, you start with a high price when your book first comes out, partly to maximize that anchoring, but also to take greatest advantage of when your book is very exciting and when it's getting all that press and all of that buzz. Over time, as sales slow down, you reduce the price to keep the attention high. Uh, You'll notice that Hollywood studios do this with theatrical releases. So initially, if you want to watch a movie, you have to go to the theater where tickets are $10, $15, $20 per person. So if you want to go and have two people watch a movie, it's $40 or $50. Then, after a period of time, the movie is available for purchase. And for $20, you can purchase a copy and you can watch it at home. And that's half the price. And often only after a few weeks or months, you can get the movie permanently for half the price. After a while, it becomes a $5 rental. And finally, it becomes free on some streaming service somewhere. (laughs) Disney Plus, Netflix, Prime, whatever. For authors looking to charge a premium, this strategy of skimming really works well. In fact, the best way to do it is to sell your book at a super premium on Kickstarter before you have it on Amazon, where the only way to get access to your book is on Kickstarter and only at a premium price. And this allows your most passionate fans, the fans who most want to support what you're doing, it allows them to pay more and they get something special for paying more. And that is exclusive access to your book. This isn't a book that can be purchased on Amazon. Not yet. This is a book that's only available on Kickstarter. A lot of the interviews I've done with authors who are using Kickstarter have used this price skimming strategy and they sell their book at a premium on Kickstarter, and they've seen really, really good results. It's not uncommon to see a Kickstarter with an average paid per customer in the $30 or $40 range, sometimes even higher. And that's a lot more than the 5 or $10 you would get selling on Amazon. So then you put it on Amazon at $10, and then you put it on Amazon for $5.99. And maybe after a year, you do some price pulses, you do some countdown deals, you start playing with that price. But don't discount your book right away. <laughs> you need to make a statement that this is quality. And <laughs> what I've made is a quality product, and it's worth spending money for. If you're not willing to put a price on your book that signals quality, no one else is going to believe that your book is quality. Because if you don't believe in it, no one else will. Now, there is an opposite strategy to price skimming called price penetration. And so this is strategy number eight, price penetration. And this is where you charge a little up front to get penetration into a new market. Then you raise the price over time. So this is what Disney did with Disney+. Plus. They started off with a cheap monthly subscription of just $6.99 a month with no ads. And you could share your password and they wouldn't do anything about it. 
then over time, they raise the price a little here, a little there. They crack down on password sharing. As I record this, Disney Plus is now $13.99 and you can't share passwords. And I suspect for those of you listening in the future, Disney Plus will be much more expensive. So how do you use penetration pricing as an author? Well, by making the first book in the series cheaper. In fact, we already talked about one way to do that was with permafree, but you don't have to make the book one permafree. You could say book one in my series is $2.99, book two is $3.99, book four is $4.99, and you slowly raise the price of your series as people go deeper into the series. The advantage of penetration pricing is that it allows readers who don't know who you are to give you a shot without risking a lot of money. The downside of penetration pricing is that anchoring works against you. So when somebody buys that book number one for $2.99, they now think that you're the kind of author who writes $2.99 books. And suddenly your $4.99 book feels expensive compared to the $2.99 they just spent. So strategy number nine is pay what you want. So platforms like Gumroad allow authors to let readers choose how much they want to pay, anywhere from $0 to $100 or even more. This strategy can be effective, especially if you have a dedicated and supportive readership that wants to see you succeed financially. Paying what you want can works particularly well, I would say, amongst religious books and nonfiction books, especially if you have a smaller audience. If your audience isn't very big, you need the people in that audience to be really fired up The 10th strategy is bulk discounts, another classic strategy you're already familiar with. And the idea here is the more copies someone orders at one time, the less they pay per copy. To offer a bulk discount as an indie author, you need to be able to sell books directly from your website. This is one of the perks of being able to sell directly from your website and going through the work to set that up. If you're traditionally published, your publisher likely has some sort of bulk order program. And I would encourage you to find out what that is. Find out how to get that bulk discount so that as you're talking to people and somebody, you find out someone's book club or Bible study is doing your book and they want to buy 20 copies, who at your publisher do they need to talk to? How much of a discount can they expect to get? The more you can help with that process, the more bulk orders you will get. The 11th pricing strategy is third-party memberships. So this is programs like Kindle Unlimited, 24 Symbols, or Scribd. This is like Netflix for books where readers pay a fixed amount of money per month to get free access to your books and the books of many other authors. So Kindle Unlimited right now has a pool of about half a billion dollars a year. And they divvy up that money to authors based off of how many pages are read. They are mutually exclusive, though. Part of being in Kindle Unlimited means saying no to their competitors. (laughs) So you have to pick one or the other. Kindle Unlimited is the reader-facing brand. The brand that's author-facing is KDP Select. And since you get paid per page, Kindle Unlimited tends to favor longer works and books and series and genre fiction. So if you're writing that kind of book, it's probably going to do better. Your short, one-off, nonfiction book won't likely perform as well (laughs) in Kindle Unlimited. But your 12-tome series on dragon hunting, that may make quite a bit of money. And so that's a third-party membership program, which brings us to strategy number 12, which is a first-party membership uh, or a subscription model. So platforms like Patreon or Substack allow authors to offer content on their own for a monthly fee. 
And some authors have had really good success giving away a chapter at a time to their most passionate, most enthusiastic backers. So every month, the patrons get another chapter of the book. Not only does this make you money as an author, but also keeps you motivated, right? Because you have people who are paying money for this month's chapter, and so they're expecting to receive it. And sometimes authors will get feedback from their patrons and make changes or tweaks based off of the feedback that they get. And I've noticed that this is particularly popular in genres like lit RPG. And I will say, as somebody who has gotten to the end of several Lit RPG series and don't want to wait for the next book to come out in six months, the fact that I could become a patron subscriber and get those chapters right now is very tempting. And if they had an audio version, I just might do it. I've also seen this done with nonfiction, and bloggers will do it. They'll often use Substack. I have an episode recently on Substack and why I like it so much. So I'll link to that in the show notes. Patreon's also good. I'm happy with Patreon and I have no plans to leave. I, I did an interview with a nonfiction author who was making two or $3,000 a month just with nonfiction essays related to her nonfiction books. And that's, that's rent in most of the country. That's a mortgage in a lot of the country. So that was good revenue that helped offset her expenses. And that was on top of what she made actually selling her books. Another pricing strategy is membership discounts. If you have a membership program, one option is to offer your members exclusive discounts. For example, I offer patrons exclusive discounts on a lot of my courses. I use this strategy. Costco built its entire company around this pricing strategy. So, and for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you're in another country. People in the United States pay money to be able to shop at a store. <laughs> and before you think this is crazy, ask yourself if you have a Prime membership, because believe it or not, Amazon does the same thing, right? If you're a Prime member of Amazon, you get discounts on certain products, you get free shipping and various other benefits. The 14th and final pricing strategy is luxury pricing. So luxury pricing is where you make something expensive in order to make it unobtainable and an object of desire. And for certain product categories, demand actually goes up as the price goes up. In fact, there's some product categories that you can't sell for cheap. No one wants to buy a $5 bottle of perfume or $10 opera tickets, for instance. In fact, it's very interesting because the company Bed Bath & Beyond decoded this and they realized that people don't want to buy a $5 bottle of perfume, but they will buy a $5 bottle of lotion that's so highly scented, it might as well be a perfume. <laughs> so that they found, oh, we can sell perfume cheaply by just calling it lotion. So Bed Bath & Beyond, the whole store is just a perfume store, but they don't sell one spritz bottle. So how you present your product really affects how customers see it. Because I don't think most people walking into a Bed Bath & Beyond realize that they're walking into a perfume shop, even though the whole time you're in a Bed Bath & Beyond, you're sniffing things. <laughs> So, and authors have had success with luxury pricing. I already talked about Brandon Sanderson, who made a $200 hardback you know, collectible edition of his book, and he sold $6 million worth. It was, at the time, one of the most successful Kickstarters of all time. He went on to do $40 million in his next Kickstarter, again, for very high-quality, high-priced copies of his books. You don't have to price it that high to play in this luxury game. I think the easiest way to dabble in luxury pricing is to create a signed and numbered hardback 
of your book. And I wouldn't do a number more than 100. So you're going to make 100 copies and you sign each one in a special way and then you number it one of 100, two of 100. So somebody owns a copy that's a unique copy. And I think this is particularly valuable if you are unpublished. Because if you do go on to be famous, if your books are a massive success, that could be a massive investment, right? Imagine owning the signed and numbered copy of some famous author's book from before they were even published and you got the Kickstarter exclusive signed and numbered hardback. Regular hardbacks of Harry Potter, the first edition, sell for (laughs) $80,000. So it's very realistic to expect that this could be very popular. And some readers want to own a beautiful artifact. They want the idea that there's some risk, but also some opportunity. Maybe this is just a beautiful book. Maybe it's a beautiful book that could be worth a lot of money someday. I have a whole episode on this. The title of the episode is How to Use Scarcity and Ubiquity to Make Your Book Irresistible. And it's all about that play between something that's scarce and an object of desire and something that's ubiquitous. And authors are one of the few creatives who can basically do both. You can have a ubiquitous ebook that anyone can buy and read right away. And you can have a scarce collectible hardback that only a handful of people are able to get. And you sell the same product at different prices for different people because different people want to pay different prices. They want to have a different experience. Some people want to be on your team and know that they helped make your book exist by backing it on Kickstarter. And other people are just looking for the cheapest price possible. This trend towards luxury books has really been bolstered by Bookstagram and BookTok, where young people will show off their beautiful bookshelves of beautiful hardbacks. So millennials and Gen Z really prefer beautiful hardbacks, while Gen X and older, they grew up buying mass market paperbacks and they were fine with that. And I will say, even older readers, they're starting to long for fancy hardbacks again. (laughs) In a world where everything is disposable, everything is electronic and nothing is real, people long for something of substance, something more than just a glossy paperback. So don't be afraid to make a luxury version of your book. Price is a valuable tool. It's a way of signaling quality. It's a way of rekindling interest and setting expectations. And I would say the most important thing about price is for it to be flexible and changing for you to be experimenting with different prices to find that optimum price for your book and realize that today's optimum price and next year's optimum price are probably not the same. So fiddle, have fun, and you'll do great. It's not too late to sign up for the 2024 Novel Marketing Conference. If you go to novelmarketingconference.com, we have a link that will now take you to the new sign-up page. So the Kickstarter has closed. That ship has sailed, but there are still tickets available and you can get those at novelmarketingconference.com. Our featured patron today is B.D. Lawrence, author of The Coyote and the One-Armed Man. Lefty Bruder, a one-armed detective, has only one mission, rescue a young girl destined to become a slave to a Mexican cartel boss. But an unseen stalker is intent on killing him before he can accomplish his mission. Assembling a team of misfits, Lefty and his crew prepare to brave the unknown and face their greatest challenge yet. B.D. Lawrence, thank you so much for being a patron of the Novel Marketing Podcast. Thank you for your support that helps keep this podcast on the air. I will say the night before the Novel Marketing Conference, we're having a special patrons appreciation ice cream social. It's open to all patrons, whether you're coming to the conference or not. It's completely free. 
if you're a patron. The ice cream is on me. I'd love to see you there. You can find out more about that at novelmarketingconference.com. The Novel Marketing Podcast is a production of authormedia.com. The audio engineering is by William Umstadt. The blog post is crafted by Shauna Lettler. You can find that blog post at authormedia.com slash 392. And I am Thomas Umstadt Jr. saying thank you for listening and live long and prosper.